Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. <laughs> also, oh, the news also tells us that the stock market's gone crazy with Stone Alexander's new idea about abolishing all the currencies and switching to a yeah. one world economy. Investors love it when you dissolve all the currencies. <laughs> <laughs> this is so uh, much simpler. Inspires a lot of investor confidence. The market's up. Yeah, that's how that works. This is almost work. as good as the, the Bitcoin. The Forex market's fucked, but the stock market's <laughs> doing great. <laughs> God awful movie movie movies. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because sometimes the best you can do is scream along with the lambs. I'm your host, No Illusions, <laughs> and sitting seven hundred miles to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. Uh, ben Shapiro's wife told him a wet vagina is a disease. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just going to mention that every so often for the rest of my life. Oh, there you go. So there's one. <laughs> smart. Yeah. And sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I need to fire Ben Shapiro's wife as my doctor is what I need to do. I <laughs> bought all those towels for no reason. <laughs> oh, hey, completely off topic. But as of the day that this uh, episode comes out, 250 days since my last cigarette. Ooh, yeah. 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 All right. So anyway, we wanted to brag about that a little bit. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> and speaking of not that, tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched the Omega Code. Finally. It's the story of a biblical prophecy that's encoded in the text of the Bible by God, which means the entire story of every character literally does not matter. <laughs> right? Doesn't matter. Nothing yeah. that happens matters. Uh, also, about 90% of the runtime may or may not have happened inside a dream. They refuse to tell us. Right? Yeah. You know, us, the audience of the movie. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a movie that doesn't matter and maybe doubled. Like the entire plot of the movie, double doesn't matter. Maybe some of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we're going to tell you about it for a while now as a show. Which really uh, won't matter. But boy, are they in a hurry to tell you nothing. Right? Yeah. Oh, my There's God. <laughs> running to sit in a room and do nothing. Yep. All right. So, Eli, how bad was this movie? Well... If you loved the Da Vinci Code and the Matrix, but the plots were too realistic and historically accurate, uh -huh. you will love this movie. This movie came out the exact <laughs> same year as the Matrix, mm -hmm. and the Omega Code is proof that no matter what depths secular cinema stoops to that year, Christian cinema will always come out with something that makes less sense. The Matrix I made perfect Matrix. sense. What the hell are you even talking about? Read some Descartes. Right? Use people as batteries? Come on. Okay, yeah, that part was stupid. Why are we and good batteries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's better things. You could use you know, cows for batteries. Cows would make great batteries. People is, that's fine. Uh, what, you guys talk. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So is there anything you guys would like to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Best worst computer noise. Oh my God. Best worst computer noise. <laughs> what the fuck was happening? So they have an evil lair computer room in the movie mm-hmm. and they're convinced that like people, like the audience won't understand that computer stuff is happening without constant obnoxiously <laughs> loud like even when nobody's on the computer it's empty right and it's making these no- it's i thought they were gonna pan over and the guy from police academy was gonna be there just, like, <laughs> fucking around. i was just gonna say it's like the guy from police academy and a dot matrix printer are breaking up every time having a fight yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> All right, so I was also going to talk about how little they trusted their audience with my best worst. I was going to go with best worst info dumps. Okay, so (laughs) the only way that the writers of this film could think of to introduce any character or plot point was to have a reporter on in-world TV tell us about it. And like to a ridiculous degree, almost every scene will start off with a news reporter going, well, in this next scene, we're going to see these two characters. They're going to be here for a summit. <sighs> it's this movie sprints to nowhere. The entire film, they introduce narration at one point to introduce a scene that will never matter or make sense or have anything to do with the plot. They might as well have like billboards running past introducing the characters. None of it ever matters. <laughs> Open news studio, and then the news guy comes on. Open skyline of Jerusalem. (laughs) Skyline of Jerusalem. Open movie. (laughs) Now, mine is admittedly minor, but I was going to go with best worst protagonist name. Oh my god! (laughs) The main character protagonist of this movie is named. Gillen. Gillen. Okay. Yeah. Yep. A name that, according to Wolfstrom Alpha, five living human beings <laughs> have. Really? By contrast, 1,349 people are named Tesla. Just throwing that out there. So you guys are going to have to tell me what the fuck happens in this movie because I spent the entire film trying to figure out what the fuck they were saying every time they said this guy's name. Oh, my God. So his name was so bad that Eli didn't even bother to mention that the antagonist's name in the film is Stone Alexander. (laughs) (laughs) That's how bad the name Gillen Lane is. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil later in the review, but that Stone thing's going to pay off pretty awesomely. Oh, never. Hold on. Stone Alexander, the antagonist acronym for Satan. It's Satan. Oh, okay. I see. I see. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to need a minute to differentiate between this one and the 26 other Rise of the Antichrist movies that we've done up to this point. So we're going to need a quick break. But when we come back, we'll dive into all the impossible to like characters of the Omega Code. Uh, You wanted to see me, Mr. God? Bep, 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 bep. Tyler, exposit. I, sir, we just clarified this bit a few weeks ago. I, maybe some people missed that episode. Okay, all right. You're God, and I work for you in this bit. Me too. And so does also me. Yes, and so does Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Hi, Sarah. Sup? You're looking really tight, like tight. Did you? Did you notice anything about me? I, you look like a cartoon rhino. <laughs> Classic. No, haircut. Look at my haircut. Oh. I did it with my teeth. That's 
horrifying. Anyway, you, you wanted to see me, Mr. God? Yeah, 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 I did. So it's about that book we're working on. You mean the response book to Michael Cohen? Because I talked to our lawyers and they say you need something longer than no you are before you're allowed to call it a book. Apparently. No, not, not that one. Uh, also pin in that. The the Bible. The, the Bible. I, I think it's going to be called the Bible. Okay, pin in that as well. Anyway, I want to put a code in there. Oh, okay. What what kind of code? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I think it should be like a like a number code, you know, like a drink Ovaltine deal. Sure. Okay. And I want all the major points of human history in there, and also, also, this is very important, a year and a half of the Antichrist's rise to power in incredibly minute detail. Oh, okay, Mister God, you don't need to do that. This is your book. Right. So like it's your instruction manual to humans. You don't need to hide anything in your perfect word. Like, in fact, putting all the human history in there would be a great way to prove that it's true and you're real. Uh, I'm sorry. Put it out there. Are you crazy? I would never do that. Why? Because uh, spoilers, Ty Ty. That's why. Oh, my God. I hate spoilers. Right. Totally ruined the bachelor. For right. Me. Yes. Ruined it. Okay, okay, so what parts of history do you want hidden in your code? Oh, you know, just the big ones. Hitler, Princess Diana, you know, the big stuff. Okay, so those two things are vastly different in their historical importance, though. So. Not to me, they're not. Always in our hearts and minds. The people's princess. Okay. Candle in the wind. <laughs> And we're back for the breakdown. And before the movie even starts, we know it's going to be good because the goddamn logo is out of focus. <laughs> no, so like honestly, the part that's because we're watching something that was like you know moved from VHS to digital at some point or another. But I thought at first I was like, oh, this is going to be real bad. Yeah, this was digitally mastered by the 1950s computers that we get to see in the movie <laughs> by punch cards. That's what they were arguing about so loudly. <laughs> so, the logo is actually a punch card. It's just a punch card. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we start off with the movie just like, you know, fucking tell us, don't show us. The movie says it throughout the ages, man has pillaged Jerusalem's ancient artifacts in search of supernatural powers, which is fucking dumb because all the magic shit was in the Bible. Bible man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we learned that there is a code. Mm hmm inside the Bible, and if you think that's stupid, Isaac Newton wasted a bunch of his time on it, so you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's every bit as legitimate as alchemy, guys. Come on. <laughs> Although, I will say, the Bible does read like a code book, so that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> the eagle did land at midnight. I get it. I get it. <laughs> We just should have been looking for the across and upside diagonal words. There's a scramble in there somewhere. <laughs> a Sudoku. It's awesome. Okay, but that's literally what they're saying is going to happen. That's the movie. That's yep. what's happening. Yeah, like, yeah. You're joking, mm -hmm. but that's what the plot of their movie is. All right, yeah. So just a quick aside, because I think it's pertinent to the movie. The idea that there's a code hidden in the Bible is as old as the fucking Bible, right? But there was a book that came out in 1997 that prompted this movie to come out called the Bible code that sort of revisited that. And all it is is a guy going like, hey, you know what? If I take every 17th letter 
right from this chapter, it kind of says princess. And if I take every 23rd letter, it's <laughs> D and I. Right. So like and then they, so it, it's this guy finding these ridiculous word searches in the Bible, keeping in mind that like he's controlling how many rows there are in the word search. Right. And also keeping in mind that he's using the actual word. Right. So he's like, look, yeah. I found Kennedy on every seventh letter. And if you just read every first letter, it says assassin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my my favorite part of the Bible code as a book. And this may have to be on scathing atheist one of these days is that for the stuff that doesn't work. He just puts that it doesn't work in smaller letters in the book. Yeah. So he'll be like, every what? 20th letter is princess die, fucked Marilyn Monroe, except for where it doesn't on all these pages. Yeah, right. Except for, yeah, <laughs> except for the, the, the 17th, the, the 19th, and the 23rd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like he read Sirens of Titan and was like, that guy Noah Constant uh, became a millionaire <laughs> by investing using the Gideon Bible. So, so as long as we uh, just get Eli real. to spell it out for us, this is going to work It's great. not me. Making fun of me, he's saying I'm right. <laughs> also, we should point out this movie has real actors in it, which is weird. Very, you know, weird. they're all like secondary characters. There's no star to this movie, but yeah, there's just all. Every one of them is like that guy from that thing that you know, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and Michael Ironside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so okay, so we're gonna open up. Oh God, we open up on the Dome of the Rock, so we know this movie's gonna be tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> And we see a, a rabbi decoding the Torah, right? Oh, yep. just like Lulu Lou, defeating Islam with math. <laughs> defeating Islam with math is my favorite thing. And we zoom in on what he's doing for a second. And it's an every fourth letter code. And I just want to say, I think someone would have noticed that. I think we'd have known about the every fourth letter code by now. You'd think someone would have thought to check before this motherfucker. Yeah. But they also, they have a computer going, right? There's a computer that we see that's like decoding all of this for him after he counts out the letters by hand. I don't know the fuck the computer's doing. And it, it shows us this code, right? It says, Rostenberg, finder of the key, gone to God, sunrise, fourth of Av. And just to be clear, this is about this guy. Yes. Which means that he got nine-tenths of the way through this code, and he was like, man, I'm really hoping something positive comes after sunrise. Because <laughs> going to God is not great. Sunrise, fourth of A. Oh, God, I hope this isn't a V. Fuck. Blam, Fuck, right? today the 31st of Av? God damn it, I gotta get this ah. finished. <laughs> so, yeah, and just as he gets it translated, damn it, if there isn't a laser pointer coming right for his throat, he's about to get assassinated. <laughs> oh, really wanted a cat to jump on the laser? <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of some assassin being thwarted by that shit because he loves cats. God damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's adorable. That's adorable. I, I don't have a shot. I don't have a shot. Look at this. I'm putting this on, on YouTube, though. Yeah, so the assassin kills him. And then we see the, uh, the the assassin like gathers up all of his evidence, but he doesn't think to check the pocket where he put like the last code thing that he just got, right? Yeah, but but he does make sure to take the uh, 53 hours on yeah, This is worth money. <laughs> yeah, I wrote my notes. Yes, this CD-ROM with one-eighth of Jill of the Jungle will come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the third eighth. That's not God damn. So, okay, so the assassin leaves with all, he thinks all the information. 
just as he leaves, two guys show up immediately after, and they're like, he put the thing in his shirt pocket, didn't he? Yeah, shirt pocket. Okay, we got the other thing that the, that the assassin missed, right? They have the fucking MacGuffin. Yeah. Which is going to be turn out to be a couple of pages from his grail, di- I mean his diary. <laughs> so the assassin leaves, and he's walking through the alleys, but those two guys that showed up after him start appearing like everywhere, like teleporting around and cutting him off at every corner. Oh, I was so excited. I was like, if these guys breathe fire on him, I'm going to watch this movie every day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Oh, spoiler alert. I would spend the entire movie waiting for these assholes to breathe fucking fire and they never would. But yes, that is who it is, right? We pick that up right away. And we should point out like, okay, so for people who are not familiar with end times theology and shit and who don't know all the weird little revelation things that are supposed to read a book. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Watch 27 of the the movies that we watched. (laughs) So we're going to be moving through a lot of that very quickly in this movie. Part of that's because we've done 20 fucking seven of these movies before. Right. But also part of it is because there's just no goddamn way with as much shit as they're trying to shoehorn into this movie that we'll be able to go into the detail of everything. So just trust us when we say stuff like and then the fire breathing Jews show up and you're like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? You got to just trust us. That's part of end times theology. OK, everybody it's just a- pause and read every 18th word in the Bible. <laughs> Listen to every sixth word of this podcast. You get the secret message. (laughs) But what I love about having watched 27 of these is we get to see where each individual crazy Christian filmmaker was like, well, I'm not going to have them actually breathe fire. That would be silly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly right. Well, it's not actually going to be a scorpion horse look as that looks stupid on camera. <laughs> so yeah right so he walks away but th- so the, the fire breathing Jews confront him and they're like oogity boogity and he's like oh are you guys gonna kill me and, and they're like no you can go no, just, we just, just wanted to oogity boogity uh, oogity boogity all right and and then we get the fucking title omega code all right so so it's time to introduce our main character which we're going to do by having a fucking news reporter standing outside going inside of this building is an interview where someone's about to interview the main character. And then we cut to the interviewer going, we're about to meet the main character. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say this is where watching 27 of these movies worked against us because people liked him. So all of our notes are this guy's the fucking Antichrist, the one who everybody likes in every movie, (laughs) the fucking Antichrist. I know an Antichrist when I've seen one. All right. This is my 27th Antichrist. Well, but if you think about it, Eli, because both of us had that all of our notes at first, like, oh, they're clapping. He must be the anti. Like they're (laughs) clapping and he doesn't have a cross around his neck. He's the Antichrist. But we should have known better, man. He didn't even have a European accent. Yeah, right. That's fair. So that that's was fair. it. Was a dead fucking giveaway. But he didn't have a globalist accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so this character is a world-renowned speaker. So he comes out to do this like daytime TV Oprah-style interview, and he immediately starts leaping over the couch. I'm like, oh yeah, no couch jumping on daytime TV. Great way to endear yourself to the American public. <laughs> it works out very well. I am energetic and likable. Hello, everybody. And th- th- I loved the host at this point of the show who was just like, all right, ugh, you're the fucking worst. <laughs> Tom Cruise talking about Adderall. Just fucking relax, man. And every time he's so he finally sits down on the couch to talk. Uh-huh. But then every time he's about to make a point, he stands up dramatically and stares directly at the camera and talks. She's like, just don't. 
stand up each time you talk. You can just say some things. It's like Eli at a live show. Just say some things <laughs> sitting down. And I will say, I love this character's journey because she will hate the protagonist for the entire movie, right? What's yep. supposed to happen, the, the movie formula is, oh, I don't care for you. You're big and brash, but then he wins her over and they become a super team or fall in love. Nope. She will spend the whole movie being no. like, oh my God, fucking, <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so goddamn much. <laughs> I, I support her entirely. Exactly. And that's the thing. So do you. This guy has all the likability of Tom Brady. And also, okay, so I know I have said laziest possible exposition before. Right. And I'd like to rescind all of the other times I said that, because in this movie, one character literally turns to another character and says, explain to our audience what the Bible code is in the movie. Sorry. Cut that. Yeah. <laughs> indent paragraph. Don't say indent paragraph. <laughs> We're centering this anyway. Yeah. So he's like, well, yeah, the Bible code is all the weird shit that we can make up when we pretend the Bible is a word fight. And she's like, well, tell us about that last scene. What, what the hell was that all about? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and this is where he explains that the Torah tells us about a bunch of very important things in history, mm -hmm. including mm -hmm. Hitler and the Holocaust. Yeah. But in like super difficult, tricky code. That's such a dick move. <laughs> my God. <laughs> right. Are you serious? So God was watching the Holocaust happen, which he created. And he was like, all right, guys, it's in the fucking code. Like, you just use like, a basic computer program. Ugh, Probably shouldn't have put fault. that one on a Saturday, huh? That's on me. <laughs> Aren't you guys supposed to be good at math? Yeah. And so he's, and she's like, so what? Tell us about that guy that got killed in the opening scene. And he's like, yeah. So Rostenberg believed that the Bible was a holographic computer program. And I'm like, well, it isn't. Right. So he was wrong. No. Nope. <laughs> Moving on. How would that even be? Uh, right. Yeah, well, exactly. They don't even know because they try to explain it. And they're like, well, it's uh, so, you know, holographic. That's. Uh, three dimension. We just need to map the Bible in 3D, which we in the future we will achieve a third dimension, like soon, and we'll be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they think they solve that because later we will see the Bible code, and it's in like it's it does like swooshy screensaver spin around text, and I think they were like, "Got it, holographic computer program, nailed it." Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. That's exactly it. They're, they're going to spiral it like DNA, and they're going to be like, "Oh, right, because by because God speaks in DNA, that makes perfect sense." <laughs> Just God being like G T A C. <laughs> there's your Bible code right there. Yeah, and oh, oh, there's a great bit here too where the chick is interviewing our main character, and she says. But you believe in the Bible code, but you don't believe in the Bible. What gives? And then, like, he and the audience all have a good laugh at how silly the love of Jesus is, right? <laughs> and he has a flashback here to yes. uh, Dead Mom. Mm -hmm. So this movie is speeding through Christian movie bingo. Just this going for an all square. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, he immediately says, well, yeah, I'm an atheist because my mom was Christian and then died in a car accident. I'm like, yeah, car accident. Okay, was that her cancer? Okay, nailed it. <laughs> Did the camera show my doodly doo just now? <laughs> Let's go to the clip of my mom dying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's an atheist who believes the Bible tells the future 
For secular reasons? Yeah, what the fuck do you believe, dude? <laughs> it's just a really, really good book that so- happens to have a holographic computer program in it. <laughs> Extraordinary so- claims. All right, so now we, we cut to the bad guys. They're, we, we, well, we cut to a bunch of bullshit movie computers <laughs> scanning the Bible. These movie computers are so <sighs> amazing. What are they all doing there? Also, this movie was made in 1999, and the computers will go from a 1993 laptop to the room-filling computers they use to launch us to the moon. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, So, but but we learn here that they're missing... The last few pages of of the secret decoding diary that they're going to need, right? They they realize that they have to go find the two men from the alleyway that, (laughs) you know, that that came across Rostenberg's body after they got it. Hold on. The last page is Space Invaders. No, no, no. (laughs) Never mind. Never mind. We have to find the guy. The bad guy says we're missing the final line of the Bible code. Yeah. I don't think that's how, I mean... I don't know, but I don't think that's how computer programs work, that you can do it up to a certain point, like it's a game of Simon Says. <laughs> right, yeah, like, exactly. All right, here's 99 one-hundredths of a computer program. Well, I love to, because this movie keeps showing us what the Bible code is, because they're like, the whole time, this computer's going to be churning out, like, decoded messages from the Bible. That's what the computers are supposed to be doing, right? And so they keep showing us as a vehicle in the movie, like, you know, the way that the scenes introduced in Clerks, they'll show us, like, the printout for the for the Bible code for that moment. And it'll always be some coded bullshit fortune cookie ass thing, right? Like a riddle. Right? So like for this one, the, the code that just comes out is like rebirth of an empire. And I'm like, well, if that happens at any point in history, the Bible nailed it, huh? <laughs> Jesus. Also, the the codes, and I don't know if this is supposed to happen before or after, because the timeline in this movie is very confusing, but the codes will almost always happen after the events so in my head there was a running narrative of just like steve takes a wet shit on thursday just as steve's getting out of the bathroom like oh man (laughs) can we code a little faster (laughs) chipotle and this is where they show us the visualization of yeah well the computers holographic 3d dna version yeah and one of the one of the guys in the computer room is like all right so you made it like if you read the bible in a Spiral? It predicts the future. <laughs> what the? Sense? And the, uh, the other computer guy's like, no, no, no. I just, I just like how it's all twisty. <laughs> right? We yeah, need, exactly. Do you want? I can get fish and flying toasters on there too. You want some flying toasters? Huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. What new information could possibly be gleaned from spinning each line a little bit? Yeah. So okay. Now we, we cut over to Rome at this point, and here's how highly they, they think of their audience. They show us the Colosseum. And then the word Rome appears right under it. <laughs> Thanks. Got it. Anything in that Bible code about Rome in 2020? No? Nothing about that? So, all right. So our hero, Gillen Lane, is the character's name. Fuck you. Oh. He's showing up at uh, an auction being run by Stone Alexander. And we know this. Because a newscaster is standing there telling us about it as the scene opens up. She might as well be telling Gillen Lane. She'd be like, here I am with Gillen Lane. Hello, Gillen Lane. You're at a party. <laughs> Action news. Yes. So. Oh, we're done? Okay. I am going into the party now. Do you want to announce it? <laughs> 
Yeah, and scene, she says. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is where uh, Michael Ironside shows up. If you don't recognize the name, you would absolutely recognize the actor. He looks so mad to be in the movie. <laughs> well, the fact that he looks so mad is the reason he's in so many movies, right? But yeah, yeah. No, this is a paycheck, damn it. So, But this is also, of course, where we meet the real Antichrist. We know because he's got a European accent. He is the chairman of the UN, I guess. King of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I love that this is so fucking stupid. This is how bad the writers are for this fucking movie. They needed him to have done some big humanitarian thing that they could like, you know, because that's what the Antichrist theology demands. So what they came up with is he solved all of hunger and thirst. Pretty solid. Oh, <laughs> good stuff. I got, like, I'm on his team for sure. But don't, but don't worry, because God's going to kill all of his followers. What? Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just love that at some point in the writer's room, somebody's like, what if he cured all of the hunger? And somebody's like, oh, I feel like we need more than that. <laughs> what if he also invents distilled water? Well, there yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. But this is, of course, where the protagonist and the antagonist meet for the first time, because for reasons unknown, Dr. Happy Thoughts needs to, like, gain an audience with the chairman of the EU. And when he meets him, it's like he's going to confront him about something in the first half of his line, but that's not what the second half of his line is about. So he's right. like, excuse me, Mr. Chairman. Sorry, yelling. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. The, the Antichrist then says, ah, Gillen Lane, are you going to help us? Raise the roof. And look, I know this movie came out in 1999, but I got a real kick out of hearing the Antichrist say "raise the roof." I, we need hey, way hey, more. Boss, hey, boss, can you just put your hand? Don't do the hand motion. If you're going to say it, just say it. We need way more supervillains who use outdated catchphrases. Amen. <laughs> Jackson, now that I've caught you, I can finally rid myself of your nuisance and unleash my master plan. You'll never get away with it, Scar. The UN will never bow to you. Ah, that's where you're wrong, Mr. Jackson. I think that with the money I've stolen from Fort Knox, you'll find the nations of the world think my plan is quite dope. I'm, I'm sorry, did you say dope? Yeah, you know, dope. Like, like cool or or fat with a with a pH. Uh yeah, no, I I know. I just I, I haven't heard anybody use that expression in so long. Are people not saying dope anymore? No. Electro. Yeah. Ele yeah. Are people not saying dope anymore? No, no, sir. No, sir. Nobody says that. What why didn't someone tell me about this, huh? Now I look like an idiot in front of Action Jackson. This is this is so not cash money. Uh, um, sir? Wait, so seriously, did you just say cash money? Yeah. Electro, yeah, that, that. if you're about to tell me that cash money is out, I'm going to throw you both in lava. No, no, no. Uh, cash money is, is Yeah, well, is still I good. say That's it all the time. Say. All the time. Dope. Okay. I mean, good, good that that is still around. 
Exactly. That's what well, I'm talking for, the, for the for God all the movies, the movie we will have that, <laughs> and the bit with the cat chasing the laser around because that's yep, good. That's solid yes. comedy. Yeah, but this doesn't work out very well. The the president of the king of Europe has to go, so he leaves, and the reporter lady who interviewed Gillen Lane at the beginning of the movie is now there. She might as well introduce herself as a reporter. I am here as in the movie scene starts. Me talk. Yeah, so they chat a little bit. They try to make a uh, a meaningful conversation out of this. Like, hey, man, who was his assistant? Was, wasn't he in Total Recall? He was the guy who chased Arnold in Total Recall. He was in Starship Troopers, too, yeah. So, oh, and then there's that weird moment where, like, the strap on her dress breaks and they're trying to go for sexy, but it's... It's just not. Okay. Okay. I I must know. Did I see this wrong? Her strap over her shoulder from her dress breaks and Gillen Lane pulls a dress strap out of his jacket pocket <laughs> is, that he keeps there or a, for this type of situation. A name tag? It's very unclear. Yeah, okay, so this is part of the where the we were watching the blurry VHS version on YouTube thing probably didn't help out because I thought it was a safety pin or something, but then she goes to walk away and there's some weird thing on her dress and you can't tell what it is. So they were going for sexy and comedy here. That's the creepiest thing I've ever fucking seen. Even if it was just a safety pin, that's fucking... You carry a safety pin to do this? I <laughs> I virtually always carry a safety pin. I'm such a... <laughs> do you? Yeah, I've got one in my wallet, yeah. So, okay, oh, and then pop scare demon horse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> And I just have to point this out, too, because, again, like I said, we're, we're periodically going to come back to the computer decoding the Bible. And this is the kind of dumb shit we're going to get. The Bible code tells us at this point, single lane leads the way. And that's because this character's name is Gillen Lane, and he's going to lead the way. So even once it's decoded, it's just a bunch of useless shit. <laughs> Imagine how useless that would have been to anyone who had decoded it at any other time in any other movie, right? Right. Without these scenes interspersed, it is total nonsense. <laughs> Lois Lane shows up. Okay, I'm the protagonist now, obviously. <laughs> Get out of the fucking way. Really, really excited for the movie, The Bible Code Code, where they figure out this code. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. Get to the first code. All right, so then we check back in on the Antichrist, we're in the Antichrist's office. And of course, because he's a bad guy, he watches a number of televisions at the same time. <laughs> yep. And he's just explaining to his minions, like, how evil but not evil he is. He's like, yeah, I, I you know, I became king of Europe and I did move into a vampire castle. But don't make it weird. It's, it's an awesome castle. I dress in mostly all black, but that's, you know, I have a European accent. This is, you know, you're, you're making a thing was, of it. I was speaking French when you came in, and that is the language of evil, but yes. yes. <laughs> hey, computer guy, can you turn down the computer noise thing? It's crazy <laughs> in here. I can't talk. I'm trying to talk so to you. are doing an evil plan. <laughs> are you serious? Who did that? Hit the little gear. Yeah, the gear, and then just turn it down. <laughs> all the way. The gear? Yeah. I'm going to unplug the router. <laughs> and so, okay, and then we get Gillen going to his wife. So we, we have to establish that Gillen is having problems with his wife because he has a career. What an asshole, right? So he goes, he shows up and his wife's like, I'm mad at you. He's like, well, here's one flower. And she's like, you cheap fucking bastard. Where's the other 11? Dick. And he's, he's does this thing where he's like, 
a super good dad because he's the protagonist. He's like, here's some tickle spiders. And I wrote in my notes as a joke. Oh, does mom want tickle spiders? And then in a totally straight piece of dialogue, when the daughter walks away, she's like, never give me fucking tickle spiders. It's so weird. <laughs> I want you to treat me like you treat your nine-year-old daughter. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Do you? Do you? Yeah, mom is so jealous of all the tickle spiders the daughters get. She's like, you motherfucker always likes the kid. Son of a bitch. She might as well be like, okay, but what was the sexual tension in the last scene with reporter lady then? Because aren't I the romantic interest? And he's like, I don't know. I'll see you in act three. (laughs) (laughs) I'll care about you then. We sure do have marital problems, but they're temporarily solved now, right? (laughs) All right. So, and then meanwhile... The bad guys learn from the Bible code that, and I quote, houses of Isaac and Ishmael torn in terror. <laughs> I really wanted the guys to take that out of the thing and be like, oh, uh, well, check. That's done. That is done. <laughs> yeah. It says that Judaism and Islam are going to have a conflict. Huh, this right. is fucking weird. <laughs> we, we better get ahead of this. Let's get ahead of this. <laughs> and then I love that there's a printer, too. I don't under like. So they, mm-hmm. they get these little tiny snippets of Bible code crunched by their visualization Geist graphic. <laughs> and then they're like, yes. yeah, you know what? I'm going to print this and put it in the scrapbook. Yes. Of the <laughs> Physical paper. And, and each sentence gets its own page. It's like wildly <laughs> wasteful. Yeah. But so apparently, though, that the Bible said that there was going to be conflict between the Muslims and Jews. And they thought. That's a good idea. We should try to get some of that. So they instigate a little by blowing up the Dome of the Rock. And the Temple of Jerusalem, right? Well, yeah, yeah, the um, the Temple Wall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And they have these giant comic dynamite-based bombs. (laughs) I wrote my notes, yeah, well, as long as there isn't a roadrunner around, this plan is flawless. (laughs) As long as Islam steps on the X, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so we cut to the reporter lady. Now, I want to know her job description, right? Because we've seen her doing a daytime TV interview. She was apparently at that auction just for shits and giggles and now she's going live from the fucking temple mount who the hell knows yeah no her business card says reporter lady television (laughs) (laughs) but she's just about to go live from jerusalem when explosion it's so good (laughs) She's, she's like i'm here live at the Dome of the Rock, nothing ever goes wrong here. <laughs> about to do a story about a local cat who can dance, but then the fucking dome just explodes. Right. This is nuts. Do I do both? <laughs> yeah, there has literally been no effort so far to explain why she has been at all the major plot points, and there never will be, right? Mm-mm. I do love, though, that when she starts reporting on it, she goes, behind me are the raging flames of blah, blah, blah. But you can see there aren't any flames. Yeah, right. So she's almost like, well, not raging. We didn't have the budget for raging Raging. flames. But behind me is the CGI smoke that is some brightness. General brightness. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, so the news is telling us that Israel and Palestine are at each other's throats and Stone Alexander is trying his darndest to make peace. And I'm like, yeah, if only there was some way of expressing what the characters in your movie were doing other than having a newscaster tell us about it. 
Yeah. And we're seeing other news sources right after that being like, yep, the world economy is in free fall since 10 seconds ago when that bomb happened. And, well, you know, we're probably going to need a one world currency and a microchip in your arm. So that might happen. <laughs> Spoilers. I was joking about that, but eh, they're going to make that <laughs> Well, home. you thought you were joking about that anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, so we cut to Gil and he's watching, you know, exposition TV here at his wife's place. And, and then they have some like, oh, we're almost over our marital problems. Just as long as Stone Alexander doesn't invite you to a world peace summit next week. I we got should... invited to God a world peace summit. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and the wife is so mad here. Yes. And she's, she's such an asshole about it. And she's like, fuck your stupid UN summit. You said you said we're going to go to Bed Bath & Beyond this weekend. Fuck you. <laughs> You're missing bingo night for the UN? You are the villain. For the World <laughs> Peace Summit. The fucking chairman of the European Union told me that he needed my help with the World Peace Summit. And you're going to go like, well, fuck, we had fucking plans for that week. <laughs> Honey, let me ask you a question. If you had three wishes, what would they be? Well... Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. Okay, you know what? This is making <laughs> sense now. This is. You know who gets no more tickle spiders? Exactly. <laughs> so... This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> so we fade in on the Antichrist office. The news, of course, is telling us that he's still plugging away at the Middle East peace thing. I love that the news is like, in case you're curious, in case you're curious, <laughs> that's still <laughs> what this character's doing. Yeah, and I love this guy's fucking office. So we already know it's a vampire castle. <laughs> yes, right. Yep. But now we're like zoomed in on like his big desk. So clearly when he planned this all out, he was talking to his minions some more and he was like, no, okay, well, now that I'm king of Europe, I will need a glass globe being held in a golden claw. Glass globe, golden claw, mm -hmm. obviously, obviously. Steve, got that? Did you write it? <laughs> I didn't see your pen come out. Okay, you wrote it. Great. <laughs> Uh, well, besides Steve, because he's not doing that great so far, I also need at least four other guys to stand off to the side of my desk. Uh, mostly just stand there. Yeah, Menacingly, if you could menace, yeah. if you could menace there a little bit. And then, and then fucking Gillen Lane comes in and does what I can only imagine Jared Kushner does every time he walks in on anything related to Middle East peace. <laughs> Right. He has that like step in moment where he's like, everybody's like, oh, how will we get the Israelis to come back to the table? And he's like, I know, you know, and he has this like whole a duck moment with the uh, with the main character, with the bad guy rather than the bad guy's like, yep, that guy's going to be my assistant now. Right. Yeah. And and Antichrist is like, guys, OK, you got to announce people so they don't just come in and do like Jared. Every time he comes in, he does a surprise speech like that. It's so obnoxious. <laughs> I have four of you just for the... Come on. <laughs> and then they have this amazing this writer goes for history moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what worked out really great? The Roman Empire. <laughs> okay, but that's not a joke. They literally say... Yeah. So the Pax Romana was like the greatest thing that ever happened in history and nothing went wrong for anyone. So we're going to repeat that. Yeah, right. They describe that as 200 years of world peace. I'm like, well, except for the, the wars. <laughs> it was peaceful for the, the people that didn't get killed in the wars. I guess is a weird way to say it. This is Brian Kemp. He's my Roman history teacher. I don't know if you've <laughs> <Yeah>. met him. <laughs> 
He's got a similar thing going on in his home state right now. Yeah, well, I don't know. The Punic Wars were stopped by the Spanish flu. I don't know if you guys know that or not. But yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so they talk about that. And and the main character, Gillen Lane, goes, yeah, you could be a new Caesar to usher in a new world peace. Yeah, Caesar and peace, peanut butter and jelly right there, man. Yeah, that makes perfect (laughs) sense from a historical perspective. He actually says you need to be like Gandhi, like Martin Luther King Jr., like Caesar. Those are three similar (laughs) names in history, right? Like that. And I love, (laughs) for whatever reason, while they're doing this talk, they're circling this stupid fucking table that they have in this room. (laughs) Like weird circling, like way too invested in it. And the one guy's, are you following me around in a circle? (laughs) Or am I following me around? Am I following you? (laughs) Oh, the sexual tension between these two characters is (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the Antichrist does explain at this point that he has daddy issues. That'll come back in a wonderful way. Isn't he the Antichrist? (laughs) Is He's like, my father beat my mother as a drunk. And I'm just picturing the devil and a wife beater stumbling over to his throne. I want to watch Family Feud. Put on the game show channel. I'm going to watch. Satan's going to watch Family Feud. (laughs) Give me my keys. Give me my keys. I don't like like that, Steve Harvey. And it's not a race thing. It's not a race thing. It's because he's black. (laughs) What? All right, so now that Ray Combs killed himself for reasons known only to the movie, our hero and villain of United, I guess we can pause for a quick break, but we're going to be back soon with even more The Omega Code. Hi, I'm No Illusions. And I'm Eli Bosnick. You know, when we talk about this week's sponsor, Raycon Earbuds, we could list off its features and benefits. Like that Raycon Earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and that they sound just as amazing as the other top audio brands that you know. Or that their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. But what made Raycon wireless earbuds a game changer for us and makes them so easy to recommend to you is that our wives stole ours. That's right. Raycon sent us a pair to try, and they sounded so good and were so comfortable to wear that they aren't ours anymore. So if you'd like earbuds so good that your spouse will take them, now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash gam. That's buyraycon.com slash gam for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash gam. Raycon earbuds. So good, your wife will steal them. I got to keep mine. Yeah, no, we know you did, Heath. I like them. They're good for you. And then I said to him, say that to my face. You didn't. No, I didn't. I just called on another guy. But I should have. I totally should have. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sorry, Mr. God. Hey, Tyler, what's up, big guy? Okay. Yeah. It's about your Bible code idea. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I totally forgot about that. How's that going? Uh, Not well at all, sir. The, The history stuff, it blends in okay. But towards the end, you have codes like two guys are going to talk and some rabbi dies. Yeah, those are both must-haves. Must-haves. Okay, but it's it's pretty tricky to work into the book, like like the princess die thing. 
which is non-negotiable. Right. Yeah. So so the only way for us to keep that in the book is to put in a bunch of stuff about murdering witches. And I don't need to tell you this, but that's going to cause thousands and thousands of deaths for no real reason. I mean, if you want to make an omelet, am I right? Uh, okay, I'll get right on it. Uh, speaking of omelets, oh by my, the way. Oh, my God. Denny's? Oh, my God. You read my mind. Yes. Uh, Denny's. Are you, are you still banned from the one in York? Oh, very much. Yes. Okay, then. And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left off, Gillen just got a new job as the Antichrist's fluffer. And uh, we're going to open up now with him leaving his wife as like, I'll be back next April. Uh, you know, don't stay up message. Hey, just wanted to check in. Hope bingo night was fun. Anyway, I'm the new ambassador for the Antichrist, so I won't be there. Enjoy the pop-up book, though, right? Huh? <laughs> but it's still, it's not, he doesn't know it's the Antichrist. It's like, yeah, I'm saving the world, literally doing that yeah, now. right. Uh -huh. uh, but I promised, you know, we'd have a call. So here it is. <laughs> so, sorry, you have to wait on watching Umbrella Academy for another week, but I'm saving the world. <laughs> so, all right. And so, yeah, so they set off on a worldwide peace tour. We know because the news tells us about that. <laughs> also, oh, the news also tells us that the stock market's gone crazy with Stone Alexander's new idea about abolishing all the currencies and switching to a yeah. one world economy. Investors love it when you dissolve all the currencies. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much simpler. Inspires a lot of investor confidence. The market's up. Yeah, that's how that works. This that is almost work. as good as the, the Bitcoin. The Forex market's fucked, but the stock market's doing great. <laughs> I also love the idea that the president of the UN could just bring fucking Dr. Phil around and people yeah, would be like psyched you know, about that. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, let's dissolve our <laughs> currency. <laughs> Kofi Annan shows up and now the guy who wrote Men Are From Women, uh, Women Are From Venus. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to do a fire coal walk here at the UN? <laughs> Oh, and also, so the news is like, uh, you know, so they went out on a peace tour, the one world government with the one economy. Oh, also, we should probably mention the two guys from the alley have grown, you know, have gathered quite a following. That's on the news. It shows us that the guys are talking to like 24 dudes. <laughs> Why would that be on the news? I would get a better crowd if I went to Jerusalem and started fucking juggling. But no, they're going to mention that shit on the news as well. The story is two guys standing next to a wall, yep. right? That's yes, happening. Uh, yep. yes talking clear. to people. Yeah, exactly. Because, again, this movie has no idea how to get anything into the story without having it mentioned on the news. Have them breathe fire! It's in the book. God damn it. <laughs> also, by the way, it, lest we forget, two of our characters are looking for these guys. <laughs> they still will be later, right? The news knows apparently the 11 TVs that the Antichrist watched doesn't have this channel. Damn, I guess. I knew I shouldn't have put on Rachel Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this is how lazy it is. At the end of this whole fucking thing, we get another newscast where it's like, all right, so they're done with their peace tour, but Gillen is not going home to his family. Interesting. He's going <laughs> to hang out at the uh, vampire castle a little longer. <laughs> So, yeah, so we cut to that. Gillen's chilling at the castle, and this is where he gets the phone call from the guy who tells him he needs to stop the summit. I would like to tell yeah. you all the bad guy secrets. 
tomorrow at two. Not now. Um, <laughs> yes, not now okay. while we're talking on the phone. Where Where do you want to meet tomorrow? Um, can we meet at the outdoor <laughs> mask circus? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, we've never met in person. Uh, you want to meet at a mask circus? Is that yeah. Thing? Yeah, just, um, I was going to say the shooting range right by the targets, but I think the outdoor <laughs> mask yeah, okay. circus. Nope. All right. Probably a little safer. Oh, yeah, right. So he goes to meet this guy, that this mysterious guy who's going to tell him all the secret plans at the fucking outdoor mask circus. But damn it, if he doesn't get shot right as he gets his first word out. We, <laughs> get, a, we get a voiceover of Gillen telling the Antichrist about this guy yeah. so that we know why the Antichrist sets him up to get killed. Where is this movie rushing to that they introduce a voiceover for a scene they couldn't bother? Nothing happens, movie. You've got time for that scene <laughs> right right also this scene doesn't matter to anything but Gillen like just as the guy is, gets up to him he says hey I'm and then he hands him an envelope and gets shot right and then we cut to Michael Ironside going like nailed it by a clown sniper which means that assassin was like oh they're meeting at the mass circus I'll, I'll dress up as a clown that way I can really blend in and the Antichrist wasn't like I mean, there'll be people dressed normal. Too. You don't... <laughs> it doesn't make you less suspicious if you're dressed as a clown. No one... You're going to pull out a big handgun and shoot a man. It never, ever makes you less suspicious, man. I keep telling you that. Hey, sir, is that a sniper rifle? <laughs> what? I'm a clown. Okay. He's a clown. Do you want a dog, a giraffe, or a sniper rifle? <laughs> so... All right, so so Gillen takes the envelope back to Stone. God damn it, I hate that I wrote that sentence. And and it's, <laughs> it contains evil Bible code printouts, right? Yep. I love that, like, at least a couple of them are things that the Antichrist said the other day. So apparently he's just <laughs> passing those off as his own homework. I, I love that. I like that the Antichrist asks him, too. He's like, so you didn't, like... He didn't really learn anything. He didn't explain anything about the movie, the prophet. No, no. <laughs> All right. All right, then. Well, I guess we're, we're good. So they go off to their world peace summit. Again, a different one. I don't know who the fuck knows. But at this point, Gillen goes in there and, and he tells those Jews and Muslims what's what. And they, and they secure a seven year peace treaty. Yeah, we, we didn't realize that all we needed for seven years of peace in the Middle East was a coffee is for closer speech. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, get on it, Kushner. <laughs> okay, but the, these are the points of the peace deal uh -huh. that got negotiated. Mm -hmm. Palestine is going to be a completely independent state. Uh, Israel was super duper cool about that. Apparently. <laughs> Loved they, it. Loved it, yeah. And, you know, just to ice on the cake... Uh, the fighting will end mostly because we're remaking two buildings, one Jewish one and one Muslim one. <laughs> Jewish they're wall, Muslim domey thing. But we're going to put tape down the middle. Yes, they're so going to put tape down the middle of the Temple Mount. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this movie is about how the Bible is a holographic computer program that can tell the future. And the least realistic thing about it is that the Palestinians and Israelis would be happy with this deal. <laughs> Like, okay, we we get Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Every okay, <laughs> totally, totally.
Totally. <laughs> so your grandfather murdered my grandfather, but like, it's good. It's good. It's good. All right. So, but after the announcement, reporter lady, remember her? She walks up to Gillen and she's like, listen to me carefully. Your life is in danger. And he's like, danger. It's the best. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says, you're going to get murdered. I have a message from some magical prophets. And he's like, okay, is, is that the message that I'm going to get murdered? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I see how it sounded like, okay, sorry. Because they are prophets. It would, yeah, you would get murdered. No, they, they said, follow the pages of blood. Yeah. But he's not taking her seriously in this scene. So she's like, your life is in danger. And he's like, ha, classic joke. Yeah. No, your life is in danger. And she's like, follow the pages of blood. And he's like, ooh, pigs in a blanket. You know, they don't have these at nice events sometimes, but they're delicious. I think people should have them at all the events. I love to, so we very quickly, I have to point this out. We cut back to the computer that's printing out the Bible code or whatever, and it says, 10 horns unite world peace. And I'm like, that's already in the fucking Bible, right? Like, it's the Bible code. It's not a code. Right. It just says that. <laughs> they do that. And they do this for the rest of the movie. They, yeah. like, forgot to, like, encode their own fucking title code. And they were just like, right. all right, now it's, it'll, I guess it'll just print stuff that's just literally written in the Bible. <laughs> just, Stuff that it just says there outright, yeah. yeah. For this part of the code, you skip not at all, right? Yeah, exactly. The words. Which again, in the book, occasionally they did, yeah. So okay, oh, and then oh, we we have the part where he announces Stone Alexander announces this big world peace, and I have to point this out because it's so goddamn stupid. He's like, in order to secure the peace, I gave everyone my anti-thirst and anti-starving recipes, and quote. A technology that neutralizes atomic weaponry. Wait a second. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> I know ending thirst and hunger. I really thought that was going to clinch it for you guys, but <laughs> you asked for more. Atomic weapons are canceled. I just love that There's the writers. No more atoms. They, they didn't even try. Right? They didn't even try to come up with they just a technology that neutralizes atomic weapons. I made atoms unsplittable with my machine. <laughs> it uses electricity and <laughs> metal, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's tiny little chainmail armor for the atoms, you see. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, the, apparently they have that too. And meanwhile, so like, of course, in order to do this, we have, need a one world government. And a debate is taking place all over the world about losing national sovereignty. And we learn that because on the news, two people are debating the loss of I can't believe what this movie is about. Well, it is about that, Ted. More at 11. Oh, and the Bible code uh, tells us at this point the, quote, aroma of Eden enchants air three and one half years. Oh, I really wanted a newscaster to exposit mm. that for us. People all over the world are wondering, what the fuck is that smell? <laughs> is sweaty people fucking? It smells like sweat and sex in Eden. <laughs> all right, so then we cut to one year later, which we know because it says one year later on the screen, and a newscaster cuts in to say, it's been one year since the peace deal was last brokered in that other scene. Okay, two and a half years of Eden smell left, everybody. <laughs> this movie's like being told the entire Lord of the Rings saga by a toddler. Just, I'm dead after, well, they get to the volcano, but Smeagol, who's also, and then the eagles, 
Can you just don't go up at the end of each thing? Can you just talk? Is <laughs> that right in my mouth? That was right in. Wow. So then we have the moment where like uh, Gillen has to follow reporter lady's advice about following the pages of blood. Keep in mind. That was a year ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> this movie has already lost track of that. He, he's sitting around in the <laughs> vampire castle, and he's like, wait, she said follow the pages of blood a year and a day ago. I think I should follow mm. up on that. I got really distracted by the smell of Eden. It is delightful. <laughs> I spent it's a year just kind of whiffing it. But you know what? Uh, she did say that code thing. I guess I'm going to go... Follow the pages of blood now. I, I'm going to wander around the castle looking for secret passages like I'm on Simon's fucking quest or yeah, something. But it works. It's yes, so right. fucking beautiful how dumb this movie stumbles into its own plot. It's just like walking around a castle looking for the following blood page. Oh, <laughs> I some, found the pages of blood cave. This is pages this guy has a Pages of Blood cave. He's been there for a year, and this place is so obvious. I'm surprised he hasn't found it just, like, going to the kitchen in the middle of the night for a snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he comes across the Bible decoding room, and he's looking through all of the codes and shit. At the same time, we cut to the Antichrist and Michael Ironside having their, was Hitler really a bad guy if you think about it conversation? <laughs> yeah. Right, and they ask the question about like, what does does this ruin our entire movie? The idea of free will and prophecy. <laughs> like, do you think we have free will? And if so, should we use it? I mean, think about Hitler and <laughs> Michael Ironside's like, I don't know. I'm just like a henchman, dude. <laughs> well, well I don't this is where they introduce the weird like relationship dynamic between them, where he's like, uh, Chairman, uh, do you? Like the new guy more than me because yes. I, I dressed up as a clown and killed that guy. <laughs> yeah, so, so, but this is where they, they look down at their camera and they realize that Gillen has found their secret decoding room and they got to go ah, take care so of it. We him. put a sign. Ah, fuck, he found our supercomputer. Did we leave our evil Bible supercomputer unlocked again? We got a, just, a, <laughs> just a master lock for that door. I, even password one, two, three would be better than what we've got, guys. Come on. I knew if we connected it to the pages of Blood Cave, this was going to somehow come, come around. <laughs> I feel like we could have just had a separate thing. We really shouldn't have had that series of pictographs that lead the way. Because, yeah, I mean, we had like arrows and it would, br it would bring you right there. Now, <laughs> what were we even thinking? Why do we even have a Pages of Blood Cave? What does yeah. that even mean? It's a <laughs> then, vampire uh, castle, I guess. <laughs> so then, so Michael Ironside goes in to, to kill him, right? He, he has his gun out and he's like, I'm going to kill you. And he, right before he kills him, the Antichrist shows up and says, not so fast. You don't get to kill him. He's like, man, this is fucking just like Total Recall all over again. Let me guess, <laughs> you have some fucking super plan or something? He's like, yes, I have a super plan. And, of course, this leads to Michael Ironside getting so jealous that he shoots the Antichrist in the head. Right? <laughs> oh, it's so Guards, good. Quick, he shot him with my gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love this whole moment. So, first, he gets mad. Like you were saying, he gets, like, jealous mad. He's like, you said I could be the henchman prophet second. I'm going to be part of the prophecy thing. And then he fires the gun, but he's supposed to be trying to shoot Gillen, who's like running away at this point, 
right? But he hits the Antichrist by accident in the face, or did he do it on purpose? Oh, I thought he was shooting him because he was mad at him for for telling Gillen he got to be the second in command. Mm. Oh, he was actually shooting his... Either way, he has this amazing moment where he's like, and I killed the Antichrist. Fuck, 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 fuck. Stupid. Stupid Dominic. Stupid. (laughs) (sighs) But then, yeah, he calls security and has... Gillen followed by the world of police now. Yes. Uh, yeah. He tells the police he wants them dead or alive. <laughs> all the, tell all the police, all of them, I want him dead or even the Chinese ones. <laughs> like, just <laughs> wouldn't make really any just sense want for them him to, to be know there, if they, but if I they, just, they were curious. <laughs> so, and oh, and then just then the Bible code spits out another printer page that's like, Somebody's going to shoot you, Stone Duck. (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted another page to print out that was just like, ah, beans, sorry. (laughs) I sent, I I hit send on the second one. Damn it. Fuck. That's me. (laughs) I'm God. And by the way, so when, when the Antichrist gets shot, Gillen cleverly escapes by running away real fast and ducking behind shit here and there. So he'll be yeah. fine. I almost went with best worst cop avoidance because he will spend this, <laughs> the majority of the rest of the movie avoiding cops by being like, no! <laughs> right, right. Serpentine, yeah, exactly. you can't see me. <laughs> the cops we agreed we were playing two-hand touch, you only got my jacket. <laughs> you only got my jacket, cops. <laughs> So, yeah, so the the ambulance shows up. Uh, the Antichrist isn't quite dead, right? So they run him off to the hospital to see if they can do anything about that shot in the head thing. Gillen is running around Rome seeing tall Jawas. <laughs> so we haven't really we haven't really discussed this, but he has these demonic visions that show up whenever the movie feels like it needs a pop scare. Oh, yeah. By the way, if, if the whole thing we were talking about this whole time didn't make any sense, now we've iced it for you. Yeah, he sees Don't worry. Those demonic demon visions, visions are really going to pay off never in this movie. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But somehow he, he manages to get in touch with reporter lady and, and she decides to help him. He manages to get in touch with her because... All she does in this movie is drive around opportunely and arrive at scenes. Yes, right, right, right. She just pulls up in a car and is like, uh, I'm reporting from the scene I'm entering now. Hello. <laughs> yeah, and of course, the Antichrist flatlines, which apparently this movie thinks they just leave you hooked up to that machine indefinitely afterwards because <laughs> they, they want the moment later where it, like, it starts beeping again and he's alive. But so much shit happens in the room while he's dead that we have to just sit there they and forget. listen to the beep going. The movie forgot that the death beep was going the whole time. And I was just like, is anybody going to respond to that? <laughs> death beep that's happening for now two minutes in the movie and the actors are distracted by very clearly. The actors keep turning to like each other being like, do you unplug the death beep? I feel like there's a doctor or something. Can we get- I don't want to unplug Do you think we just beam? unplug it? I if like I do it, it feels button. like I killed him, right? You it's think like, there'd it's be like a I- mute button on the death beep? <laughs> that seems like a dangerous button. You know, all right, we'll unplug it. I don't know. I guess it's different in Italy. They're, they're on the metric death beep or something. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Michael Ironside, the guy dies and he goes out on the news and he's like, yes, I'm, it's sad to say Stone Alexander has died. He's just like Buddha and Jesus. Bye, guys. Right? <laughs> yep. Also, just tiny thing. Can we talk about the priest who is just oh, yeah. there? <laughs> the panning shot where Ironside is like, 
and I will avenge you and know that I will always follow your mission. And he leaves and there's a priest just like, I feel like you wanted to be okay. alone in the room for that, but I was here. As I <laughs> yes. was saying, death is very difficult <laughs> thing. I'd like to... Re- oh God. Sorry, sorry. That's, shake it out. It's not funny. It's not funny. Hey, <laughs> Patrice, you kind of threw off my rhythm. <laughs> I can't, I can't. No, it's, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm in my head. <laughs> so... All right, so now Gillen and Lady... Oh, this is hilarious. So Gillen and the lady reporter have to go find the prophets, right? They have to fly on the news plane that is the only way that they can get out of the country without the bad guys finding out. And so we get reporter lady turning to Gillen and saying, well, what do we do after we go find the prophets in this news plane since that's the only way we can get out of the country? I'm like, okay, go back to newscasters. I see why now, guys. I see see why you needed that. Hello, today we go... Now to the next part of the movie. <laughs> Please. So And she asks him, she's like, So how are we gonna find the uh prophets? And he's like, Well, they'll be at a at a wall breathing fire as I <laughs> Probably gonna catch the eye, right? So, hard to find. You know, the news has really been putting up the mundane shit they do, so we shouldn't have too much of a problem. That's not even coded. That's just you read the sentence. <laughs> They breathe fire at a wall. All right, so then we cut back to the Antichrist dead body, which is still, it's like that night, and it's still hooked up to the heart monitor. It has been for hours. They just left the body there to rot, I guess. But damn it if it doesn't start beeping again. Mm. Differently. And Ironsides walks in, and the Antichrist is like, come here, come here, you murderous scamp. All right? (laughs) (laughs) Give me your hand. Give me your hand. Nope. Bad. No more shooting. Bad okay. shoot. No gays. No shooting. Oh, and I also have to point out that when the Antichrist comes back to life, he sits straight up just, just to fuck with me. That's not how coming back to life works, by the way. You can't. I was going to say, we don't know how coming back to life works. And I love that he has like a. Well, no, what did you say? I'm sorry I'm for shooting sorry. you. Okay. Just know I am going to disembowel you when you fail to please me. I know, this right. disembowel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but he's, now he's not mad at him for shooting him because, you know, that's part of the prophecy. He's supposed to die and come back to life, right? But he is mad at him for not finding the goddamn final code yet, right? <laughs> right. Well, what's great is he follows. The, he's like, when you fail to serve your purposes, that is when I will murder you and kill you. So did you serve your purpose? And he's like... Ooh. About that. <laughs> How serious were you about the whole disemboweling thing? Because <laughs> pass? No, those, those are really old computers. Can we get like anything <laughs> from the 70s even? 1999. The Matrix was made in this year. came out in this year, right? Now so. we're just reading the Bible. I mean, like an Apple IIe could read the Bible. <laughs> Supercomputer to break the non code that we've been talking about for the last act. Yeah, because the newest code is seven horns bowed a wounded head. And we're like, yeah, seven horns, ten ten crowns. We've we've already done this. Yeah. (laughs) I shot you in the head. We we know this. I think the computer's broken. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, there's a great moment here, too, when they're like parting company here where like the Antichrist is like, Do you remember how we met? And Michael Ironside's like, Let's explain it. You killed your dad, and I was the priest you confessed to. Just in case anyone was curious in this room that only you and I are in. Let's turn on the news and have somebody explain that back to us. <laughs> but, but like, it was a good thing. 
Well, he killed his dad in a good way. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. It shows character. That's what. That's actually <laughs> what they say here. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. So then we cut over to Gillen and later reporter. They're searching out the fire breathing Jews. They show up at a creepy abandoned monastery that she suddenly remembered that they would be. Remember, she was the one asking him how they were going to find him later, but now she knows. And they're not paying any fucking attention. I love how confused he is here about the plot of the movie he's in as an actor. He's right? just like, the prophets brought you here after they found you following the explosion that happened right behind your face. And she's like, yep, yep. The ones I met That's on the street right after that. Yep. Happened. They said conference room C. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go down. Wait, we're on the east wing. <laughs> probably here. So, and they appear magically and they're like, hello, fire breathing juice. Sorry. Have to do the Batman thing. Part of a part of our part of our magic. <laughs> and and so and also like I, I love because he he says, Who are you guys supposed to be? And they're like, Oh, like if we just say fire-breathing Jews, it's going to sound silly. So I'm just going to say our names do not matter. <laughs> oh, I really wanted him to follow up. Okay, so what? Oh, how will I address you then? Oh, yeah, that'll be hard. Um, Our names do not matter, but we are Harvey and Steve. Yeah. Mm. You're like, you just thought of Steve Harvey. <laughs> the racial I'm the thing. drunk devil. <laughs> so. All right, so and then oh, so now the the Antichrist is having a summit of of all the world leaders, but like in his hospital bed to see which <laughs> ones of them are still loyal to him. Right, but they're all acting like his third grade class came to visit and sign his cast. So like, <laughs> yeah. so, what was getting shot like? Do you actually get to eat all the ice cream you want? <laughs> yeah, all the ice cream I wanted. Also, I met Alexander the Great in a demon flashback. Doodly do. Yeah, he's like, what was it like dying? He's like, I met Alexander the Great. Uh, he was super nice. Nicer than you would think. He's, mm -hmm. He was drunk, obviously, but he was super nice. Gay. What? <laughs> I don't say that from a judgmental place. It's just, sounded just the tone. <laughs> so, okay. I'm cool. I'm cool. So <laughs> <laughs> I raised the roof. Don't raise the roof. It's not... All right, so then a, a news reporter tells us that Stone Alexander is back to life and has been, I give shit you not, appointed chancellor of the world. <laughs> and this is where head of <laughs> Germany, or at least German accent, is like, yes, his qualifications are being rich, being cool. Uh, love that guy. And, oh, he died and came back to life. So we thought, who better <laughs> than yeah. to rule the world? Oh, right? you're talking about the Duke of Operas, the guy who's <laughs> yeah. in charge of one of the ten nations called Opera, and he's the Duke of it. Yes. Yeah. And then he ends his little speech there saying, the king is dead, long live the king. And everybody in the audience is like, yeah, okay, that's pretty clever. That was good. That was good. That was a good one. No, the, the undead guy, he's king of the world. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. I love there's so much convoluted shit in their mythology that virtually the entire movie has to be devoted to news reports about all the convoluted shit. So we only have like eight minutes of plot to the film left. So. All right. So we cut back to Gillen and the reporter lady with the fire breathing juice and the fire breathing juice are like, OK, so this is very important. The end of the world is about to happen. And Gillen is like, yeah, end of the world, schmend of the world. I just want to clear my name. I didn't shoot the guy. It was Michael Ironside. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they also have this weird moment 
where they're like, okay, so you obviously believe in God now. We're magical, fire-breathing Jews. We told you about the Antichrist and him coming back to life. And he's like, nah, I'm not convinced. And they're like, listen, <laughs> I don't know why we're telling you this, but no matter how much stuff you put in your butt, only Jesus can make you happy. Batman! <laughs> Batman dis uh, disappearance, yeah. And this is where Gillen draws the line. He's like, okay, now this is ridiculous. I'm leaving. This yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Wait, this just got silly. <laughs> All right, so he calls his wife. Now, this is an amazing moment. Again, they didn't even fucking bother. He calls his wife and he's like, hey, I have proof of everything. That's a bold fucking claim. But he says, I have proof of everything. And I'm trying to email it out to reporters, but... Stone keeps intercepting my emails. Ah, his, his little <laughs> pong paddle on the internet gets in front of my pong paddle emails. And they bounce yeah. back to where they were sent. It's so weird. You can actually see it. They they clearly have a hacking program that shows the physical motion of email on <laughs> a world do. map. They're showing me that screen on my computer just to taunt me, I guess. Yeah, you see this? That's a PQ right there. That means that one didn't get through. <laughs> yes, they have this little fucking Agent USA map that shows an email moving from like Bangladesh to Europe or something. <laughs> so I mean, maybe my, the subject line shouldn't have been proof of Alexander Bible Code conspiracy. That was just, you know, kind of leading. Um, <laughs> but that video game is powerful. Oh, it's so fucking stupid. He's like, you know, I have all this problem. Get my email out. So maybe your friend who works for the NSA can help. You know, the one we never introduced to the movie. And since this conflict doesn't fucking matter, we didn't have to. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. So, it's oh, and, and then like he calls his wife and she's like, hey, I got that computer program you sent me. It's nothing like you said it was. It, it turns out that Stone Alexander is a good guy. Bye, prank caller, prank caller. <laughs> and his immediate response is like, they got to you, didn't they? Well, I've got to go walk into a trap because that's how the third act happens. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, well, I'll tell you what, that is the most movie-like that this movie has managed to be so far. So we're going to pause on an up note, but first let me get back to the hard sell. Will they crack the final Bible code in time? What the fuck does that mean? Will the prophetic Jews breathe some fucking fire already? Find out the answers to question one and three when we return for the could have written my notes in my sleep conclusion of the Omega Code. Hi, I'm Heath Enright. And I'm Eli Bosnick. And we're balding. But you already knew that because, of course, we're podcasters. That's right, Heath. As I started to lose my hair, I told myself, ah, it's no big deal, that I didn't need to go to a doctor, that hardly anyone would notice. Because it can be hard to go to the doctor to talk about hair loss. Especially right now. Like, super duper especially right now. Like, a lot now. Anyways, thanks to science, hair loss can be optional. Hims connects you to FDA-approved products to treat hair loss, and they have thousands of happy customers loving their results. Hims will connect you to licensed medical professionals online to answer your questions for free and to see if FDA-approved products to treat hair loss are right for you. If you're approved, products will be shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging. But hey, anyone can make claims about treating hair loss. But if you're not happy after 90 days, just email Hims for a full refund. And today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, our listeners can get their very first visit absolutely free. 
Go to forhims.com slash gam. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash G-A-M. Full refund of price paid available for the first 90 days supply. Refund request must be made between 90 and 180 days after product shipment delivered. Prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Forhims.com. Because not everyone can start a podcast. Mm, well, not everyone should start a podcast. There it is. <laughs> no, Tony, I told you gilk is not a word. If you need a G word, you're going to have to pull it from either seven letters earlier or later. Well, you know what? I didn't make the system, Tony. Knock, knock. Tyler. Tyler, you got a second, buddy? Uh, you know, I'm going to call you back, Tony. Uh, yes, Mr. God. So I know you've been a little bit heavy on the workload this week with the B Blake code. A uh, Bible. So. Uh, still a pin there. So to sort of smooth things out, I brought a couple of folks who are going to help you. So, Tyler, this is the fire-breathing Jews. Hello. Hi. Fire-breathing Jews? Yeah, you know, around the end times, they're going to show up. They're going to say some vague stuff about the fall of man. Uh, and, of course, they're going to breathe fire, so that'll be fun. Okay. Uh, well, I appreciate it, sir, but exactly... How are they going to help in the end times? Um, well, they're, they're going to die mm -hmm. and then come back to life. So that's pretty cool. Which uh, actually reminds me, is it possible to arrange for our plinth to be air conditioned? Oh, but not too air conditioned. I'm susceptible to colds. Yeah, I'm sure Tyler can work that out for you, buddy. Huh? Sure. Right, Tyler? Uh, again, I, I, I don't want to seem ungrateful. It, it just... I, look, it seems like you've added an unnecessary set of prophets to the end times who aren't going to change things or help in any way, shape, or form. Tyler, these fire-breathing Jews are our guests, and, and they happen to be very good friends of Jared's. So I need you to make them feel welcome and important during the apocalypse, okay? Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to leave you three to it then. All right. So, um, so you guys breathe fire, huh? Uh, I mean, technically it's a uh, acid reflux, but it's a doozy. It's for real. Okay. It's cold in here. Powerful. It is cold. <laughs> and we're back for still more of this shit. We're going to open up with Michael Ironside and his team of computer nerds still unable to crack that final code. Damn it. <laughs> Guy turns to him and he's like, yep, well, that's all the Bible code we have. I mean, to be fair, it has been printing out like 45 minutes after everything useful. So I don't really know. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if we don't know the future, we can't do anything. So. Right. Well, so that's the thing. Again, the writers are so fucking lazy. He's like, without the final code, we're backed into a corner. I'm like, why? <laughs> and what, just generally? Can't can we just like cause the future by doing a thing we need the final code guffin <laughs> all right so like and gillen and reporter lady now are going to his house in la right they've, they've gone back to la very quickly so he walks in the house and and the daughter's like daddy and the mom's like no honey your daddy's not there you're just having a dream and she goes and she like turns to him and she's like the house is bugged they can hear everything even whispers. 
Yeah, well, what's so what's so stupid is that they just start talking. Yep. Well, but we're, but they're whispering though. That's and, and we're hearing this because we're listening in with the people who have the house bugged. <laughs> and she writes bug on a piece of paper like they always do in these bug scenarios. Yeah. I was so rooting for him to be like booge bug. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, bug. Like bug like an insect or like a hearing device? Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> That's a very nice drawing of a bug, honey. <laughs> Let's put it on the fridge. That you dreamed about. What? <laughs> now you're going in and out of whispers. That's nothing. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, all right. Quick, let's get into the minivan and run really fast because minivans are really fast. We could have a chase scene and everything, couldn't we? And they're like, sure, why not? I got all the options on this Aerostar. Let's fucking do this. It's tricked out with a spoiler. Mommy's going to lose the cops while you watch Elmo. <laughs> And by the way, this movie has exactly as much car chase as you thought this movie would have, right? Everybody's going perfectly straight. One car gets damaged. They might as well show us them using all the cup holders in the minivan <laughs> during the car chase. And they outrun the cops in a minivan. They lose the cops in well, their minivan. Because of that clever red light running. Hello. And then they get out of it the same way he's gotten away from the cops throughout this movie, which is... He stops and ducks behind something, right? The cops never thought of stopped. <laughs> so. No, no. The car we're chasing is going. <laughs> the minivan just holds up a newspaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. So they sneak off to his buddy. Now, we, we met this character earlier in the movie. We didn't bother to mention it because it was like such a minor scene. But he's friends with a senator. So they go to the senator's house and the senator's wife takes his family and runs them off somewhere so that they won't get in the way for the rest of the movie. Right. But but the senator calls the Antichrist. I who Is the they? fuck even knows. But yes, calls the somebody. <laughs> he might as well call the betrayal hotline. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Moving the plot forward. Yes, I'll hold. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. Human being. I want a human. I'm trying to move the. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm pressed for. I am pressing for. Representative of the Obviously Antichrist. English. <laughs> Obviously English. This is a U.S. number. God damn it. <laughs> All right. So and he tells the senator, like, while they're waiting around for the betrayal people to show up, he's like, so uh, anyway, what's new with me is that I've been seeing demons. They are not hallucinations. It's for real, though. Why are you hiding all the sharp objects? Right. <laughs> yeah. And the senator reacts totally normally, right? He's like, oh, yeah, guy, the only thing I know about is that he shot a major world leader. Demons, you say? Hey, I'm going to go into the other room and um, tell on you. That's my email ring. I got to take this email in the bathroom. Right. So he goes into the bathroom, puts a few locked doors between him and the crazy person. And just then the phone rings. And we have that stupid-ass movie trope where the guy on the other end just immediately starts talking, doesn't wait for a hello or anything. He's like, hey, I just received your message about selling out your friend Gillen. Say nothing, and I'll continue to assume he can't hear this call. <laughs> what? Okay. You still haven't talked yet. Anyway, the cops are going to be there in 10, 9, 8. 
And Gillen hears this and he runs away again. And ducks. Well, he runs and ducks behind things, though, right? Um, oh, God, it's so fucking stupid in this one. This is the one where he runs in front of, like, the electronics store. <laughs> Lulu, Lulu, just browsing for TVs in a closed store at night. Yeah, and all the normal he, commerce. Yep. He's trying to hide from the cops. He looks up and all, like all of the TVs are showing his face. And then he just stands there like a deer in fucking headlights, not thinking of anything he can do other than stare all panicky into the fucking camera. Is this the news about what's going on right now? I think the actor actually thought that he was being filmed by like a security camera outside of the electronics <laughs> store. And was being projected onto all those TVs. So he tries to, like, not look like himself really hard. <laughs> yeah, well, what if I raise an eyebrow? Yeah. But, yeah, so then he, he starts to run again. And it's okay that the cops are in cars and he's on foot because who gives a shit? But then there's a semi-truck coming after him. Okay. Yeah. I really, really need you guys to tell me what the fuck happens at this point in the movie. Okay. Okay, so... Here's what I think the plan was by the Antichrist and the world of cops. Take me there. They had, you know, the sniper all set up. Mm -hmm. But as a backup plan, they would run him over with the giant semi-truck in this particular alley. Except that some amount of this was all a dream. <laughs> right? Because yeah. like the, 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 the semi truck is coming at him, and you're thinking, well, like you'd think you'd want a vehicle with more acceleration if you were going to run somebody over. Well, you'd think he would run either to the left or to the right and not straight forward in this situation. Just as you're thinking all of that, and the semi's bearing down on him, he wakes up. <laughs> I thought he was going to jump into a minivan and like juke the semi truck like Madden. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, but so he wakes up, reporter ladies there, and it's like, oh, it was all a dream. How much of it? Fuck you. Literally, fuck you. We will never establish what was and was not a dream there. No idea. Are <laughs> they back in Israel where he met with the prophets? Yes. Yeah, so did he never go to L.A.? I don't fucking know. They don't know either. No. Nope. They don't know. She says, I found you passed out in the street of L.A.? And then brought you to, to Israel? Israel? Uh, no questions, please. We are proceeding <laughs> with... Yeah, you've been passed out for about three days. And more of a coma, really, than passed out. <laughs> so so the, the fire-breathing Jews are there, too. And they're like, hey, we, we, we want to give you this. This is the MacGuffin. This is the final code. And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. There would be one code. Guys... You're also literally prophets. Just fucking tell me what happens. Tell me without a code what happens. Also, we already had a conversation and you Batman vanished. Why didn't you just give me this then? Well, right. it, 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 honestly, we forgot. And it was one of those things where we got halfway home. Okay. And we were like, we'll see them next Thursday. But then you went to L.A. And it was the whole was actually a dream, dream, was actually a dream sequence but, thing. Um, we, we didn't actually do that. But OK, so now you understand what's happening. Can you just tell me what happens in the world? <laughs> it's on this piece of paper. <laughs> so, yeah, so they give him the final code. They wander off to go breathe fire or something. And wouldn't you know it, damn it, reporter lady double crosses them the second that they're out of there. And I wanted them to come back and be like, no, but we're magical, dummy. Remember, we can... But they didn't. Nope. And she says she says this line, which is fucking amazing, when he says, 
You, of all people, the person who has hated me at all moments through this entire movie, how could you double-cross me? And she says, you should have known, Gillen, even Satan comes as an angel of light. What? <laughs> also, why would I help you this whole time? That wouldn't make any sense. I it's hated like, you from every, the beginning. The very beginning of the movie. Like this is literally the movie starts with me hating you. There's a scene called yes. Me Hate You. Although to be fair, she does rescue him and take him to Israel to meet with the Jew prophets to get the last code so that she can betray him and bring him back to the Antichrist with the code. Yeah. Not from the Jew prophets. Yeah, no, no it's, it's, it makes perfect sense now. That was not in a dream? <laughs> All right, so now we're at the grand opening of the the rebuilt Temple of Solomon. So says the news reporter that opens this scene anyway. Yeah. Oh, my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I, I have uh, subcolonic named this scene, Satan Blows His Cover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, people are mad that the Temple of Solomon isn't like built to biblical spec just right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, they're, they're very upset. So yeah, so he goes out to like do his ribbon cutting, right? He's like, oh, my temple is so awesome. I'm the Antichrist. Oh, fuck, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> oh, it's so lovely to be here tonight. I have so many people to thank, mostly me because I'm God now. And the audience, <laughs> the audience golf claps along for this for way too long. They're like, oh, yes, very good, very good. Yeah, you're Satan. You're the Antichrist. <laughs> right, but, right. But there's the giant pause for a second right when he says, so I'm God. Fuck, what? I'm Satan. God. I went big pause too far, didn't I? Too that was too much. I little a little too. I gotta ease you guys into the I am a living God now, don't I? <laughs> like Mike Pence trying to like nail that line about cutting our meat the other day. <laughs> Everybody's like, what? Oh, that was the punchline. <laughs> but yeah, Woof. just to be clear. There is literally an awkward pause in response to the Antichrist calling himself God. Like everyone in the room is like, Ugh. And then <laughs> yes. it, it cuts to out front and an old Jewish guy just tears his shirt open and is like, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. But then right as he declares himself a living God, the fire breathing Jews show up to cuss him out Bible style, right? <laughs> And what's amazing is they're like, we are here to tell you, you are nothing in comparison to God because we are prophets. And he's like, okay, if you're prophets, prove it. Because I just rebuilt the temple and I have magic powers. I came back from the dead and they're like, proof is for dickholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sign, you want to say, wait, wait, what are you bring up signs for? Who wants signs? Wait, so what? <laughs> it's so stupid. What he said, so dumb Old shit. <laughs> so, yeah, and then and then everybody just starts shooting everybody, right? So uh, Michael Ironside shoots the fire breathing Jews. Yep, right. There's a big gunfight going on around him, and the Antichrist is like, "All right, so I want you to display the fire breathing Jews prominently but tastefully, their dead bodies, so that people know mm -hmm. what happens when you fuck with me." All right, <laughs> put them on display. Also. After party at Applebee's. <laughs> don't invite people I don't know. <laughs> Jerry. So, yeah, so then, so they're leaving and, and Michael Ironside has to break the news to the Antichrist that, hey, a lot of countries are a little pissy about this, you know, whole I am a living God thing that you did. And he's like, you know what? We're going to nuke those motherfuckers. Every one of them. You tell, give me a list of who said I was a dick. <laughs> 
We said, I'm not God. I'm going to nuke that motherfucker. He's like, didn't we have anti-nuclear technology earlier? He's like, we have forgotten entirely about that. No, <laughs> I've taken I, uh, away. Unwrapped that. all the atoms right, earlier today. <laughs> and actually, as we're going to learn in the next scene, his plan is a little dumber than just a nuclear strike. Because he says at the beginning of the next scene, he says, I want a swift ground strike. Then a nuclear strike. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Which, which I feel like will kind of kill our ground what? troops. You know what? That's on me. Why would the speed of the ground strike matter also? Yeah, just you know what? go straight to the nukes, maybe? I don't know. And then he's like, uh, also, uh, let's just flip on CNN real quick. Uh, I'm curious about the news because, you know, somebody should probably say what's happening. It's been a while. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Michael Ironside comes in and he's like, hey, man, we got some problems. And he's like, what's going on? And he's like, all of the biblical shit we haven't managed to shoehorn in here yet. Right, right? but they chicken out. <laughs> they chicken out big time. They go with meteor shower and the chemical composition of the ocean changing, which is supposed to be stars falling out of the sky and the ocean turning to blood. I call bullshit. I call bullshit Omega Code. <laughs> go all the way. Right, give us some scorpion horse locusts. Also, I love the fact that they... The, the, where they went with the stars falling to the earth because the news says over 3 million are dead after a meteor shower hit Europe. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Just all of them? <laughs> 3 million? You, that was, I mean, they counted that fast. 3 million people died. From meteors? <laughs> what? How? Also, just Europe? It just hit, you didn't hit Northern Africa at all? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and yeah, they won't even, the, the fucking pansies who wrote this won't even go all the way to saying that the new molecular structure the ocean's turned into is blood. Motherfuckers. See, the problem is when I unwrap the atoms and then the ocean switched, it's a, you know, it's a domino thing. It's like they're soft pedaling it. They're like, oh, it's, it's different now. It's um, redder. Uh, plus side, Red Cross totally doesn't need any donations right now. So, yeah, just. Uh, it's, it's O negative, by the way. It's O negative, in case you were curious, the ocean. So and, and then also like so this is where um, reporter lady shows up. You know, and she's like, hey, Antichrist is about to nuke everything. I got that final Bible code for you. It's right on this folded up piece of paper full of bad CGI. What? <laughs> what is this supposed to be? I don't know. The magic Jews gave him a fake Bible code so that it would prank the Antichrist when he looked at it. I don't know. Like, it, it apparently burns his hand or something. Yeah, I think it was the real final code. But it magically burns your hand if you're the Antichrist. Oh. And if they had that, why not just give it to him? It does. It, <laughs> it, it, why do all of this shit? Okay, it just says measure twice, cut once. What the fuck? <laughs> and then the Antichrist asks the protagonist to join him in the other room for a whisper fight. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, oh, well, damn it. If I can't pick up the piece of paper and read it and... No one else seems willing to try. How are we going to get it? I guess we're just going to have to punch it out of Gillen. <laughs> Which is so fucking stupid because, like, reporter lady was with him when he got the piece of paper and immediately pulled her gun out. She knows he hasn't looked at it. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, he's like, they keep punching him and they're like, what's the answer to the thing or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, if you suddenly knew, I wouldn't have to nuke the Middle East. 
Guys, I just, I made that shit up to sell a book. It's not, <laughs> not real. What? <laughs> yeah. But, but if I had to guess, this would be part of the code. It says whatever's <laughs> happening. It, it yeah, right. Says this could happen. <laughs> this. The code probably says you're going to punch me again. Yep, there it is. Yep. <laughs> Check your printer. I bet it says punch again. <laughs> but then the Antichrist gets distracted by his airplanes because he's nine. What he is waved that- <laughs> at jet fighters that were flying by. He practically runs out airplane, airplane. Oh, sorry, the Antichrist got distracted by the air show going on Luckily outside. Luckily for you, there's a there's a monster truck rally going on next door. He's not going to be back for a while. So, all right, so they leave. Gillen is now stuck in the cell alone and suddenly the demons come back and he's like, oh no, these effects are bad even for 1999. I mean, we already, we had CGI pretty good by then. <laughs> what? What is happening here? Because they sort of like swirl around him and he's like, um, Allah, Buddha, Moses, no, still demons, okay. uh, Jesus, <laughs> and then they boom, it blows all the demons. Day Mac. Jesus, save me. So I figured this one out, I think. Okay, so it's like lightsaber colors. Loopy yellow dust motes are demons. Loopy purple dust motes are God. Okay. Right? So we're, so these loopy yellow dust motes are demon dust motes that are just about to eat him. And then he's like, Jesus, save me. And they're like, God damn it. He said parlay. Fuck. <laughs> I wanted him to be like, and okay, that worked. Great. Uh Jesus save all the other people? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. No? Okay. We're going to try. Right. <laughs> Everybody gets one. And just then, there's a great earthquake because God couldn't think of any less showy way to get Gillen out of the prison than have a great earthquake. Yeah. And of course, the fire-breathing Jews have to come back to life. But just because that would not be goofy enough looking, they have the one of them unbleed first. It <laughs> sucks their yeah. blood in like yes. the super strange files of Alex Mack or whatever the fuck they <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And they get picked up by purple dust motes because those are god dust motes, right? And then the cell door earthquakes open for, for Gillen. <laughs> and then oh, so you're, you're thinking, oh, you know what? He's going to get away by running and ducking behind something, isn't he? But no, not this time. Michael Ironside shows up and beats the fuck out of him. <laughs> I enjoyed that moment a lot, actually. Me too, yeah. <laughs> he just rounds the corner and he gets punched in the face. <laughs> but then the fire-breathing Jews show up and they now have post-death telekinesis powers. They are... Okay, I, I thought at first that they were Jedis, but then they force choke Michael Ironside to death, so they're Sith. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Right. But Gillen's like, okay, guys, I mean, thank you. But, you know, if you're magic, maybe, you know, do something before three million people got killed by meteors. I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, that's, a, that's, no, that's an that's oversight. And we're gone. In, uh, yeah. in retrospect. <laughs> and, and we're prophets, so it sounds dumb to say retrospect. That's it. <laughs> no, it's all <laughs> Noted. Noted. But quick, before they Batman their way out again, they have to give him the real final Bible code. Sorry about the prank Bible code we gave you earlier. Um, there's literally no reason for us to have done that unless we knew everything that was going to be happening, in which case probably should have told you. But hey, this one's not invisible ink. We promise it's the real Bible code. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
All right, so then we cut back to the Antichrist. He's just about to nuke all of the countries that pissed him off when Gillen shows up and threatens to shoot him if he doesn't call off the nukes. Call it off or I'll shoot you again. Better. Yeah, I'm a... <laughs> Better. I'm, I'm someone who survives gunshots to the head, so... Oh. You have a different gambit nuts. you want to try? Shoot you in the nuts? Um, hey, credit where credit's due. The Antichrist finishing his wine when a guy's about to shoot him is... One of the best moments in this movie. He's just like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. This just finished aerating. I really want to catch it at full nose. Just, oh, that's good. <laughs> anyway, you were going to say something about shooting. Anyways, me? join the dark side? I don't know. Well, so, and then Gillen has, he throws this out. He goes like, hey, man, um, like you, in the book, you get thrown into hell, right? Like the other guy wins in the book. And he's like, ah, there are a bunch of fairy tales. It's like, this entire fucking movie is about that book being right. You're literally possessed by one of the characters in the book right now. <laughs> because you followed the book to a T, right? According to your fucking movie. Anyway, yeah. But you're going to fucking ink master this shit? That's your thought? Is you're going to get in there and fucking Alice out of Wonderland? Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a big roll of the dice, Antichrist. <laughs> and so, and so, like, uh, the reporter lady's about to shoot him, and he's about to nuke the Middle East, and, and so Gillen's like, you know what? Fine, I'll tell you the final code if I must to stop all of these people from dying. <laughs> and he, he types it into the computer. Like, <laughs> just like, all right, oh, hold on. It's, uh, it's on caps lock? Just give me a second. Yeah, don't worry. Well, and also we see the screen. He's apparently speed typing in Hebrew. Why can he do right. that? How many bikes? How many bikes are in the picture? I'm not a computer. Okay, I'm saving the world. Where is the code God. on your keyboard for the chach? I need a, I need a couple of chachs. Okay, got it. No, no, got it. All right, password one, two, three, four. Fuck, are you serious? Bible code. Are there you serious? All right, so yeah, so he speed types in some Hebrew and he gets the final code and the Antichrist is like, great, great, good. We're going to destroy Alderaan anyway. He goes, really? He's like, man, I'm, come on, I'm the obviously, I'm the fucking Antichrist. Dumbass, of course I'm going to nuke everybody anyway. But just then. <laughs> the movie ends. Literally, as the, <laughs> as the fucking Antichrist is going, nuke everyone in three, two, one and a half. And then just then at that moment, God's fireball powers rip the devil right the fuck out of him and he dies. Literally deus ex deus movie. <laughs> but what I love is that it takes a while for the devil to be blown out. Like it's not right away. He's yeah. sort of like, Burr! and he's got an arm on there still. The devil's like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> still yeah. in the Antichrist. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count until I'm all the way. Oh, fuck. Uh, you only got my jacket, God. You only got my jacket. <laughs> Curse you, Steve Harvey. Oh, print, printer, printer says, printer says, jacket counts. Printer and says, then, jacket counts. And then we get, we see the final Bible code being printed out because apparently the rapture's happening. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but we see the final code printed out, and it says zero 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 zero, dawn of new millennium, <laughs> and jacket counts. <laughs> I just love that. Like they're like, no, they always counted the, always counted the years in four digits, didn't they? It was the year oh seven fourteen. So fucking. Welcome stupid. to zero 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 nine party, everybody. <laughs> Let's get excited for this New Year's Eve. 
<laughs> so I'm Dick Clark. I'm alive now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, yeah, exactly. His first. All right. So, yes. And that's the end of the movie. I guess we're assuming the rapture happened there. But as a fun homework assignment, I asked you guys to look through the Bible and see if you could decode anything while you were there. Were either of you able to find any interesting secret messages? I was, mm. Noah. Uh, deep within the Bible is the recipe for a holistic, drug-free sleep aid. Huh. It's called reading the Bible. Boy, that'll yeah. do it. Yeah, that'll do it. I also found one in um, II Corinthians. <laughs> it said, if you read every 17th uh, word, uh -huh. Ben Shapiro's wife told him that a wet vagina is a disease. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Oh. I know it's in there somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for our review of the Omega Code. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to fire you up for next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Uh, the Omega Code 2, Noah. Oh, of you course. Fucking bet you. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 261 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make this show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist Citation Needed, D&D Minus, and The Skeptic Ride, available wherever podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robinson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slatney. We will dress on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosley, I'm no illusions. Promise to work harder on another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. One more message came out of that printer. It said, Sorry. Forgot we didn't have a year zero. The final code is zero 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 one, dawn of new millennium. So just hang out for a year, and we're all good. Love God. <laughs> Michael Ironside went on to appear in forty nine movies a year forever. <laughs> he did. Gillum wasn't raptured, but he started his life over with a people name. <laughs> <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> We should make a children's book of apocalypse movies. One for each letter of the alphabet. You got me a children's book. <laughs> hmm? I like it. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.